war memories part two of escape from the confederacy by benjamin f hassan this librivox recording is in the public domain almost perishing from cold and exhaustion i anxiously awaited for daylight it was my rule to look for a black man in case i needed to see one between dark and bedtime or about daylight in the morning when daylight appeared i fortunately found one without much trouble and it happened he was one of more than the average intelligence explaining my situation i told him it was necessary that i should conceal myself for several days until i could gain strength realizing that an overindulgence in food of any kind was dangerous on account of the debilitated condition of my stomach i was very careful but with all my caution i had taken too much of the ash cake and it came near killing me we were not far from the river and the man thought it advisable for us to cross to the north side as he thought he knew of a place over there which would be safe from intrusion so we hurried to the river bank got into a dugout which he pulled from among the bushes and paddled across the river banks were lined with timber and thick underbrush and often swampy ground we pushed into the brush and soon came to the spot which he had fixed upon for my abode the river was only a few rods wide and in many places very difficult to approach on account of the heavy growth of brush of different kinds the black people however knew every inch of the ground and had secreted in many places all sorts of small boats everything of the kind that would float and carry one across a couple of small logs tied together would be sufficient and even these i afterwards learned could be found in many places the man fearing his absence might be noticed hurried away telling me to remain there until night that night he reappeared accompanied by another man this second man proved to be my guardian angel as i shall show further along they had with them some herb tea and a part of a bed quilt both of which were of great value at that time for some days i was in the greatest distress during the stay at this place i would have more or less black people to see me every night curiosity to see a northern man and a desire to render aid in any way was the motive which brought them while there were a few free negroes among the visitors the greater number were slaves the latter would give accounts of their troubles and many woeful stories of cruelty were rehearsed at this place a black man gave me a dirk knife with a double-edged blade for the purpose he said of protecting myself against dogs or other enemies he had made it by grinding down a file and had produced a very formidable weapon i have always remembered these people with the greatest interest there was that one before spoken of who won my fullest gratitude his name was ben ben foster foster of course was the name of the man who owned him when i was weakest this man would carry me from place to place when he thought there was danger of discovery by remaining too long in one place i went in search of him a few years after the war and found him not far from the scene of our first acquaintance the incident of meeting this man a few years after the war was one of the most pleasant experiences i ever met with 
he of course did not know me when i first approached but to witness the looks of surprise and hear his expressions of happiness at seeing me again alive and well was worth to me a great deal more than it cost to go south and hunt him up i was accompanied on the trip by m l a mccracken esq an eminent attorney of washington pennsylvania and he was both interested and amused at the scene when we met many of these slaves were shrewd and observing and fairly intelligent and in conversation about matters connected with the war gave evidence of a pretty good understanding of the condition of things they knew they were a prominent factor in the issue and what wonderful faith they had in the guiding hand of an overruling providence faith in god and massa lincoln their simplicity and earnestness in religious matters and their superstitions were prominent characteristics an old auntie told me to look out for the owls if one hooted in front of me it meant bad luck if one to the right or left or rear it meant something good bad or worse i forget just how they had it arranged a man named dick an interesting character who had more than once he told me attempted to get away from bondage but was as often overtaken and returned to his master came often to see me he was a laughing rollicking sort of a fellow and was usually engaged in humming a melody or dancing always full of merriment and music he told me one night he would go and get a fishing line and next morning would go to the river and get us some fish i fully endorsed the proposition because it promised to secure a kind of food i was very much in need of the cornbread had sickened me my stomach revolted against accepting it but it was very difficult to get anything else and i was compelled to use it before daybreak the following morning i was startled from an uneasy slumber by hearing dick's familiar voice breaking the stillness of the season by humming in a tone somewhat suppressed cold frosty mornin', nigger very good with his axe on his shoulder slippin for de wood old rusty hoe-cake not a bit of fat white folks grumble if you eat too much of dat he was armed with fishing tackle and we proceeded to the river bank but a short distance away he took a position in the branches of a fallen tree lying close to the river's edge while i fell back into the brush to await results it was not long until dick called excitedly for de lord master come quick i hastened to where he was and found he had caught an eel it was with some difficulty we got the thing off the hook as everybody who has had the experience of taking an eel off a fishing hook will believe we eventually secured it and dick slipped away to have it cooked in due course of time he returned with it nicely fried my stomach as before remarked was out of shape but i will remember that eel to my dying day as the sweetest morsel that ever went into my mouth time passed with me making a most miserable existence in the brush one night i was suffering all that i could suffer and live when uncle ben reached me and seeming to realize the extent of my affliction laid out some plans of his own as to what should be done a mile or more away standing alone in the solitude of the forest was an old cabin occupied by a free negro family named jones 
while there was some risk in the proposition ben determined i should be under shelter from the cold and damp for a time at least so he picked me up and toted me to this cabin and arranged with the occupant mr jones to take me back into the brush before daylight this was repeated several nights soon after it was thought best to change my location to some point as distant from the present one as it was possible to get to in one night across the river and south of lewisburg probably three or four miles was a house belonging to the owner of a large plantation it was located on a main road leading southward from the bridge spanning the river at lewisburg the house had been abandoned by the owner at the outbreak of the war and the plantation house and household furniture had been left in the care of the slaves such a house had always been exempt from search by the home guards the overseer on this plantation was a slave it is a fact that slaves were sometimes chosen as overseers on plantations and it is also said to be a fact that the lash was not spared when used by one of these overseers on the body of a fellow-slave it was determined by uncle ben and one or two of his faithful friends that i should be taken to the house spoken of and kept within it for a few days and nights this was for the double purpose of getting me away from the old neighbourhood and of getting me under shelter in going there we must either recross the river east of the town and make a long circuitous journey or go directly through it and cross the bridge the latter route was chosen and one night uncle ben and a friend and myself a few yards in the rear entered the place we had reached a point near the bridge and i was waiting in the shadow of an old building standing in an alley for them to reconnoitre around the bridge and its approaches they soon returned showing considerable excitement and fright they had discovered some one on the bridge and of course fancied it was an enemy we fell back in some disorder it is true but without meeting with any mishap not far from the town there lived a free negro family the cabin stood in an obscure spot and to this cabin we directed our steps we laid our case before them and secured their friendship and cooperation it was permitted to pass the night and the following day in the loft of their house it is my recollection that that day was sunday at any rate quite a number of young black girls and boys gathered under the shade of some trees surrounding the house and spent the greater part of the day in innocent amusement singing and dancing none but members of the household knew a yankee was peeping under the eaves looking at the performances the scene was the most amusing and enjoyable of the kind i ever witnessed the antics of the actors were to the manner born while the flirtations of the sable bows and bells showed that at least some of the customs of the white folks had crept into plantation society when the party broke up in the evening they went off making the country resound with the music of native songs on that night we again started to make our way through the town and across the bridge we reached the borders of the town and cautiously joining the procession of people going to church we mingled with them until we got in the neighbourhood of the bridge i might occupy a page or two describing our manoeuvres while getting to and over the bridge it is sufficient to say that we successfully passed over and some time after the middle of the night reached our destination the mansion on the plantation above spoken of 
the black overseer was not permitted to know of my presence uncle ben was afraid to trust him but his wife unlocked the gate of the fence which surrounded the house and took me into the house and directed me to remain there until she called a very ferocious dog was running loose within the enclosure surrounding the house and it was with great difficulty the woman could keep him from springing on me while going from the gate to the house this dog being there was probably one of the reasons why it was thought i would be free from discovery and could remain in the house undisturbed i was kept in this house three days and nights and being for that long sheltered from the cold and damp night atmosphere my health was much benefited fearing too long a stay there might prove disastrous we again worked our way back to a point over the river a few miles east of lewisburg and not very far from my former place of abode in the forest at the expiration of a few days more it being probably eighteen or twenty since first striking the district i was called upon to get out in a hurry during my stay in this neighbourhood i learned there was a northern man living at lewisburg who had located there before the war and who was anxious to communicate with me he had remained true to the union and through some disability had escaped being conscripted into the southern army he sent a letter directed to some friends in the north and asked that i should carry it through for him in a note accompanying the letter he said he would be glad to have an interview but realizing the danger connected with an attempt to visit me he concluded to waive the desire he held a position as a teacher in an educational institution of that place i was compelled to destroy the letter some days later when there was danger of my again falling into the hands of the rebels rumors which reached me that the people had learned there was a yankee in the country and that search with bloodhounds might be made had a tendency to hasten the start bloodhounds all who have a knowledge of the character of this savage brute will be able to form some idea of the horror which the very mention of them would create in the mind to explain more fully i will say that the night before i started an old auntie probably sixty years of age came to my dwelling-place and said that the day before she had been tied to a post and lashed on the bare back for proof she insisted on my examining her shoulders i found them cruelly bruised and lacerated having heard of my presence she concluded to visit me with the hope that i might suggest some means by which she would be relieved of such torture in the future i was persuaded partly by her pleading and partly by a sincere desire to aid her to write her a pass i signed her master's name to it she secured the materials for the purpose everybody in the south in those days had to have a pass she evidently left her home early the following morning armed with her pass she concluded she would be safe under its protection she was arrested during the day while loitering around lewisburg and in the investigation which followed the pass was proven fraudulent i had friends who were watching the proceedings and the news came to me with the speed of the wind it was feared she might be compelled to betray me at any rate it was considered the part of wisdom for me to strike out although i was yet quite feeble at the earliest convenient moment in order to prevent the possibility of being overtaken by bloodhounds we proceeded to the river bank as soon as darkness appeared 
and with as much haste as possible constructed a rude boat from material found in the bushes and which had doubtless been used for the same purpose before three of my faithful friends were there ben and dick and ed dick wanted to go along with me and we had some difficulty to dissuade him i knew if he went along and i was caught with him in my company i would in all probability be shot and he would be flogged severely at last probably near midnight we were ready i picked up the pole which we had secured for the purpose of managing my boat and with their god bless you massa wish you good luck ringing in my ears i pushed out into the stream i spent the greater part of the balance of the night on the water having worked to the opposite shore i shoved my frail and sometimes unruly craft along until the near morning when i abandoned it and took to the brush i have no idea i made a very great distance by water and yet for reasons above stated it was a wise thing to do it must be understood that i would always hunt a hiding-place as soon as daylight appeared as evening twilight came on i would sally forth and if needing information would first hunt up a black man i never attempted to travel by day the cabins of the black people were built of logs having but a single room on the ground floor and sometimes there was a loft made boards being thrown over the ceiling joists covering half the room more or less this upper apartment was used for the purpose of storing away articles which could not well be kept below it was usually reached by a ladder on this day i sat around passing the time taking short naps and in the interval nibbling at the cornbread which had been supplied by uncle ben i was beginning to feel strong again and was thrilled by thoughts that i would now soon be at home among friends and then back with the boys at the campfire participating in their amusements and sharing in their triumphs that night soon after starting out i ran into the vicinity of a cluster of cabins and loitered about watching for an opportunity to see what kind of people occupied them in the course of time a man came out and i was near enough to see by the moonlight that it was a black man after some figuring i hailed him and making myself known was invited into the house i was in there but a moment when a noise was heard on the outside the man pointed to the ladder and i sprang on to it i struck the rung heavily it broke and in a moment yankee and ladder were tangled up on the floor while in this situation with the occupants of the house looking in consternation at the picture before them the door opened and in stepped a man and woman fortunately they were friends of the family who came as visitors to say that i was mortified at the awkward predicament but poorly expresses it explanation made everything right and i soon shook the dust of that cabin from my feet and never again repeated the mistake of going into one the tramp that night was uneventful as usual when time arrived to put up for the day i went around looking for a proper place to locate and go to bed i soon struck the wet oozy earth which proved to be the beginning of a swamp swamps were numerous in that country and i was glad they were they afforded the best hiding places i penetrated this one some distance and perched myself on a fallen tree trunk to doze and sleep away the day 
the tree had been blown down and large roots extending out in all directions held it up out of the water i was lying stretched out on this tree when about the middle of the afternoon or later the distant bay of hounds reached my ears it of course occurred to me they were bloodhounds and were on my trail it was two days since leaving the river bank below lewisburg and i had begun to feel that the danger i had run into there had passed but with the stories of the negroes regarding the hounds still well remembered it was natural for me to conclude that it could not be otherwise than that these were the dreaded brutes and they were after me one thing is certain the noise greatly alarmed me and as it grew continually louder and nearer i grasped the limb of a tree within reach and swung myself into a position on it some eight or ten feet from the root of the fallen tree i had been sitting on my position was surrounded by water from one to two feet deep for one to three hundred yards and a dense forest taking my knife in my hand i waited results i have heard it denied that a man's hair would stand up in case of fright but if my head didn't resemble the fretful porcupine about now i have ever since been laboring under a delusion nearer and still nearer sounded the cry of the dogs they presently reached the water at the point about where i entered it as i thought what a thrilling moment instead of plunging in however they turned aside and ran around in a circle as i understood bloodhounds did when they lost a trail i occasionally got a glimpse of one in the distance as a chance view is caught between the trees the hoarse foreboding howl created a terror hard to explain and filled me with a dreadful apprehension that they might the next moment come rushing through the brush how long this continued i could not know it was certainly not long although it seemed an age to me at length a change in the situation seemed to take place they were apparently going off the cries were sounding further away they became more prolonged more mournful as they gradually grew less distinct and as i sat there and listened to the chorus dying away in the distance my heart quit its thumping my nerves relaxed and a feeling of relief such as is seldom felt by man came over me for a while however things looked bad to a man up a tree i assure you if they were bloodhounds as i thought they were there was no one with them to direct them into the water which they will not enter without being urged when darkness came on i cautiously crept out and hurried away the next morning i reached a shed standing in a field which proved to be partly filled with corn fodder concluded it would be a snug place to spend the day inasmuch as it stood alone and out of sight of any dwelling i thought it would be safe as well as comfortable going in i at once burrowed under the fodder and after carefully pulling a covering of stalks and blades over my shivering body was soon dozing away how long i slept i had no means of knowing when a noise as of some one approaching aroused me the dry husks and stalks lay all around the shed and the trampling over them could be distinctly heard presently the steps reached the door and as one felt within it an impulse to spring out and trust to the knife and circumstances to get away was allayed only by a hope that i would not be disturbed how still and quiet i tried to keep 
the effort to avoid making the least noise made the drawing of my breath and the consequent rise and fall of the fodder with my respiration sound to my ears like claps of thunder i could accurately follow the intruder in and back to the door and hear the fodder dropped on the outside out and slowly back came the evil disturber of my slumbers and right over me it stopped the prison pen with all its horrors seemed staring me in the face scratch came the hands diving into the fodder and as my covering was taken away i cautiously rose up to my agreeable surprise i discovered the intruder was a black woman she threw the fodder on the outside and returning as she stepped into the door she discovered me standing like an apparition before her looking the very picture of fright and astonishment she threw up her hands and exclaimed for the lord massa what you come from i held up my hands in token of silence and hastily explained who i was and how i got there i told her i was very tired and would like to find a place where i could rest during the day undisturbed she said there would be no one there again that day and for me to stay there and she would send uncle somebody out in the evening to see me sure enough just after dark that evening a dusky form came creeping up to the shed i was on the lookout and watched him closely for a while without allowing him to see me this to guard against treachery how thoughtful it was in him to have a good quantity of hoe-cake with him he gave me necessary information as to roads forest tracks etc and told me how to avoid dangerous points in my pathway i wandered on and put in the same time as usual ploughing through forest and swamp through the night and laying up during the day the next evening i found myself somewhat at a loss to know what direction to take in order to get into the proper course i started out a little before dark and soon struck a swamp no unusual thing but after quite a walk and no signs of solid ground appearing but seemingly an interminable stretch of brush and tangled vines in front and on all sides the fear crept over me that i had lost my bearings the shadows under the trees were growing blacker and broader and darkness was gathering fast at every step i sank almost knee-deep into the wet oozy earth i climbed on a log and peering forward could see nothing but dense masses of underbrush and overhanging boughs wheeling about i made the best possible speed back over my tracks with darkness increasing at every step it was difficult to find the way and chance more than sagacity on my part brought me to firm ground i afterwards learned from negroes the swamp covered a large extent of territory and had i gone further would in all probability have become confused and eventually have perished it was not long after emerging from the swamp and while i was leaning against a pine tree when one of those severe southern rainstorms burst through the clouds and i stood there in the drenching rain while the great pines moaned a chorus to the music of the storm strange as it may seem i felt glad that it had come the darkness would hide me from the sight of man even bloodhounds would not pursue a trail on such a night cold chilling march rain in north carolina and me nearly naked i hugged up as close to the tree as possible hoping for shelter 
mercy how it does rain down there when it rains it was long after midnight when i made my way back from the region of the swamp until i stumbled on a cart track and taking a position in its neighborhood remained there until daylight i then went in search of information getting sight of a black man i watched him until he entered timber and then had an interview i learned from him that not far away was a turpentine furnace and black men were there engaged in making turpentine i hid in the brush until night and then struck for the turpentine furnace i reached it about the middle of the night i remained in its vicinity the balance of the night and following day i was then within a few miles of the town of wilson which is situated on the wilmington and weldon railroad i must pass this town and with the view of saving myself from the necessity of wandering around two or three nights in order to get beyond it i secured the services of two young men who were working at the furnace to go with me and show me the easiest and safest way around it it was a rule always observed to turn aside when coming upon any habitation whatever and make a more or less wide circuit in order to avoid both men and dogs accordingly after nightfall we started forward cautiously following the road and reaching a point near the town we sat down on the roadside to discuss ways and means of getting to the other side after fully canvassing the subject we at last concluded to go straight through the place mose the most intelligent of the two said he knew every street and byway and felt certain of his ability to get me through the knife i always carried conveniently hanging to my side towards the middle of the night we entered the place mose and his friend by prearrangement some ten or fifteen paces in advance they were walking in the middle of the street i stumbled along the rough sidewalk until we got well into the town and then fell into their tracks on the street it had been arranged that they would give me warning in case there was any sign of danger ahead a train of cars on the gaston and wilmington railroad went whistling across the street in front of us the arrival of that train at that time was i afterwards felt a happy circumstance because i think it contributed somewhat to helping me out of a difficult situation before i got out of the town end of war memories part two